You're listening to a talk recorded live at Wildfires 2019. Find out more about Wildfires at wildfiresfestival.com or find us on social media. Thank you. Um, you may be seated. In, uh, in biblical terms, I, w- I would be John the Baptist, um, the forerunner. Um, I just don't want my head chopped off. Uh, because it, it's, it's, I'm not your, your speaker tonight. Um, my name is Agu Iruku, as you might have heard. Um, I'm grateful for the opportunity to be here and to be here with uh, my spiritual father and, and the overseer of the denomination I belong to. Um, quite a number of the leaders of Wildfires are friends and some very close friendships. Um, I'm just thankful for the blessing that um, Pete, Greg, and his wife, Sami, are to this nation. Um, he's challenged me in prayer like never before. Um, I, I also am grateful for Tim and uh, his heart for worship. Um, him and his wife, Rachel, we're thankful in the United Kingdom that we have them on our side. How many are thankful that they're on our side? Um, and I could go on and on. Um, Sim and, and, and Mike um, have become brothers out of Spring Harvest, uh, where we were privileged to be a part of what was going on there. They've become brothers. And of course, in the background is, is the... The, the Capone, um, Ken Costa, who instructs all of us, tells us what to do, orders us around. You have no choice. If Ken says come, you could go, come. If he says go, you go. Um, and thank God for, um, thank God for him and, the, and the, the beautiful relationship we have with him and his wife. He, uh, they're very special people. And I could go on and on about the leadership um, of wildfires. Um, but I think I just wanted to talk a bit about um, uh, our speaker for tonight, my spiritual father. Um, there are many things I could say about him as I introduce him to you. Uh, many years ago, as a young man, uh, a lecturer in the premier university in Nigeria, a professor, um, a specialist, a specialized in the area of math- mathematics and a specialty of mathematics, um, and a subspecialty of that. His one vision and his one dream was to become the youngest vice chancellor of any university in Africa, and he was well on his way um, to achieving that dream when he had an encounter with God and got arrested by God, and God literally called him into the ministry. And God called him into the ministry in a very small, seemingly insignificant church, the Redeemed Christian Church of God. And God had a prophetic word over this church that it would be one of the churches that would usher in the second coming of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. It would spread around the whole world. Now, you had to believe that prophecy by faith, for this was a church that was small, um, uh, uh, largely populated by people who were not literate and uh, in terms of resources, a very poor church. And so he took a step of faith and became the general overseer of this church. And in the time he's been general overseer of this church, the church has grown um, to the point where it is now thriving in 198, if I remember, countries of the world. Um, here in the United Kingdom in, the, in, a, in, a, in a space of 20 odd years, it has grown from four or five churches to uh, close to 900 churches now here in the United Kingdom. <laughs> Along the way, God has used him, um, his passion for revival in the nations, 
As God has expanded his ministry, he's become not just an apostle to the nation of Nigeria, but an apostle to nations. Um, God has used him to start certain signature events that um, literally, I'm not sure that there are any of of those kinds of events in the world. Once a month um, at the headquarters of the church in Nigeria, a million people plus will gather once a month uh, to worship God. Um, and one or two of us who are here have been with us as guests uh, to see this site. Once a year, um, that million people will, will probably triple. Um, the church has built an auditorium that is, I gather, the largest of its kind anywhere in the world. It's three kilometers by three kilometers. If you can, if you can imagine an auditorium that's three kilometers uh, squ- um, long. And millions of people will gather there once a, once a year, uh, or twice a year, as the case may be, just to worship God. And I can go on and on and talk about him um, being uh, one of the 50 most influential people in the world, according to Newsweek magazine. I can talk about all that, but that's not, that's not what I want us to focus on. What I want us to focus on is his passion for revival the grace of God that is upon his life. Because tonight, what we're praying for is that there will be an impartation tonight, that he will, he's coming all the way from Nigeria just for this, and he's flying back. He he has no other agenda in the United Kingdom. And that he he will make a deposit here in our lives, that we will live here. That tonight there'll be a transference of spirits, a transference of a hunger, a passion, a desire for revival like we've never had before, and a transference of the grace to pray into what God has put before us. And so I just want to ask us to just open up our hearts and receive what God has um, brought to us through him uh, when he comes up. Um, and, and, and let's just believe God that none of us is going to live here the same way we came. Go on, make Tim welcome as he takes. Friends, I think it's really important that we don't underestimate the significance of this moment. I heard Pastor Enoch talk in a previous meeting about how grateful he was for the spiritual mothers and fathers of the church in the UK who once took the gospel to his nation. And now we know the church in Nigeria, the church in most of Africa, is a church on fire. And they experience normal Christianity They experience salvations, they experience signs and wonders, they experience a church that's saturated in prayer and fasting. And right now, for the majority of the church in the UK, that is not our experience. We are not experiencing normal Christianity. And so there's something really important that's going to happen here that I believe is going to see a shift. And what's really important is that we model the posture of humility. We model the posture of being learners. This is like a Macedonian call going out from the church in the UK saying, please, come and help us. We really, really need your help. So let's, why don't we just open up our hands as a sign of humility that we are here to receive not just a spiritual father to the redeemed church of God, but a spiritual father to the church in the UK who desperately, desperately needs what he is carrying at this time. Just take a moment and position your heart. We are here to learn. We're here to humbly receive. And so it's in that posture of humility that I would like to welcome Pastor Enoch Adaboya to the stage.
Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, let us let us pray. Almighty God, we want to worship you. The Alpha and the Omega, we bow before you. The one who knows the end from the beginning, we say thank you for today. Because before the foundations of the world, you had organized this particular meeting. And it has pleased you of the millions in the United Kingdom that will be partakers of what we're about to do tonight. Thank you. Father, we are here to receive from you a very special impartation from heaven. And I pray, Lord God Almighty, that before this night is out, everyone here will receive a visit from you, a touch from the Holy Spirit. I pray that this night will mark a turning point in the lives of every one of us, so that even by the time the sun rises tomorrow, every one of us will be singing a new song. So let it be, Lord. And please, Lord God Almighty, heal Great Britain and send revival to us, even as we have prayed in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> well, let me ask somebody who believes God is here to shout a big hallelujah. Oh, that's not bad. <laughs> but let's make it a heavenly hallelujah. Something so big that even God himself will hear. Let me hear you shout hallelujah. <laughs> that's much better. <laughs> Please shake hands with one or two people and tell him or her, the fire of God will fall on you tonight. To tell your neighbor. Thank you very much. Once again, let me thank the organizers of this program for inviting me. Uh, it's a tremendous honor that for the mighty men of God around, they they look for a pastor in one corner of the jungle of Africa and ask him to come and share with you. I am extremely grateful and I'm delighted. I, as you have been told, I'm a mathematician. And mathematicians don't know how to speak long. <laughs> I just say X plus Y equals Z, Q, E, D, and uh, they finished. So, <laughs> my sermon will be brief. But I believe that the Almighty God will do something great in all our lives tonight in Jesus' name. Acts of the Apostles, chapter 2, from verse 1 to 4. Acts of the Apostles, chapter 2, from verse 1 to 4. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place, just like we are now. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting, just as we were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, and he sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. 
I've been praying for revival in the United Kingdom for years. As a matter of fact, we've been holding a meeting in Britain since 1996 that in Africa we would have called Holy Ghost Service, but they said that uh, the word ghost might not go down too well. <laughs> we too, so they changed the title to Festival of Life. But whether they call it Festival of Life or not, it is still Holy Ghost Service. My brothers and sisters, the God we serve is fire. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 29. Hebrews 12, verse 29 says, Our God is a consuming fire. He expects anyone who wants to work for him to be fire. Hebrews chapter 1 verse 7. Hebrews 1 verse 7 says his ministers are to be flames of fire. He wants those who will work for him to have hands of fire. Hands that is so full of fire that when you lay them on the sick, they recover. And I'm believing God for every one of you here tonight that after this night, when you lay your hands on the sick, they will recover. <clears throat> In Mark chapter 16, from verse 17 to 18, Mark 16, from verse 17 to 18, the word of God made it clear that these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Now, the interesting thing about fire, and like I told the leadership some moment ago, is that when I heard about this meeting, that it is called Wildfire Conference my spirit jumped for joy. Because one thing about fire is that it is not a respecter of persons. Anybody touches fire, whether you are young or old, you get burnt. And when we ask the fire of God to fall, and it's going to fall tonight, it's not going to discriminate between who is pastor who is an ordinary member of the congregation, who is a man, who is a woman, who is a child, anyone who is ready for the fire will catch fire tonight. God wants all who want to serve him to have a voice of fire. He said in Jeremiah chapter 5, verse 14, Jeremiah 5, verse 14, that his word in your mouth will become like fire. Enough fire to melt hearts of stone. You remember on Mount Carmel, when the fire fell in First Kings chapter 18, it didn't just take up the offering or the wood. It consumed stones. We are dealing with people whose hearts have become hardened. If we want to convert them, 
we need the fire of God coming out of our mouth. That the words we speak will carry fire. So that when it touches their heart, their hearts will melt. And all those who are saying there is no God will begin to say Jesus is Lord. He wants his followers, his disciples, those who will work for him, to be fire all over, that the entire body will be full of fire. You know, in Acts chapter 19, verses 11 and 12, Acts 19, 11 and 12, the Bible said God performed special miracles by the hand of Paul, that from his body, aprons, handkerchiefs were taken to the sick, and demons will see his handkerchiefs coming, and they will run. We cannot win Britain back to Jesus just by preaching. They need to see the demonstration of the power of God. They need to see signs. They need to see wonders. The word of God made it clear in Zechariah chapter 4, verse 6. Zechariah 4, verse 6. That if you want to do this work, it cannot be by human power, nor by human might, but by the spirit of the living God. I have good news for you. The time for signs and wonders, miracles like we've never seen before, has come. Now, to bring Britain back to Jesus, it will interest you to know that God is looking for only one man. If he can find many, oh, wonderful. But if he can find a single man set on fire for him, it will change this nation. He says so in Ezekiel 22, verse 30. Ezekiel 22, verse 30. He said, I sought for a man who will stand in the gap for the nation. Just one man. I am believing God that in this place tonight, God will find that one. It could be a man, it could be a woman, and it could be all of us. But he will find the person he's looking for. Now, when I heard that this is going to be a wildfire conference, I remember the first wildfire conference ever. And that conference was called by God. And only one man attended the conference. <laughs> you want to read about it? Uh, read about it in Exodus chapter 3. And read from verse 1 all the way down to 12. The almighty God had the prayer of a nation, a nation of Israel, because they, they were in agony. They cried to him. He heard. And I believe he had already heard our prayer for Britain. So he called the conference. It will interest you to know also that every wildfire is not started by man. Every wildfire 
he started from above. When you talk about a white fire, it is usually a spark of fire that comes down, maybe through lightning or something. But a white fire is not started by man. It's always started from fire from above. So God called this white fire conference. Moses was present. And if you read Exodus chapter 4, and you read it from verse 1 to 8, Exodus 4, 1 to 8, you see certain things happened to Moses at that first white fire conference. First thing, he saw a miracle. And you are going to see miracles before you leave here. I've been hearing testimonies of healings and other things like that. This is just the beginning. You will see more before you go. God asked Moses, what is that in your hand? He said, a rod. Throw it down. He threw it down and he changed to a serpent. He saw a miracle. And then God said, Search forth your hand, take the serpent by detail. He touched the serpent and it became a rod. He touched a miracle. Then God said to him, Put your hand into your bosom. He pulled it out, it was leprous, put it back again, and it was whole again. He experienced a miracle. During this conference, you will see miracles. You will touch miracles. And you will experience a miracle yourself. And there was something even greater that happened to Moses at that first white fire conference. And you will find it in Exodus chapter 4, verse 20. Exodus 4, 20. The Bible said when Moses was on his way to Egypt, he carried the rod of God with him. No longer the rod of Moses, but the rod of God. He carried with him something that he will now use to perform miracles. The rod that will change water to blood, the rod that will open the Red Sea, etc., etc. When Moses left the first white fire conference, he carried the power of God with him. When you leave this place at the end of this conference, you will go different from you came. Because you will carry the power of God with you. So shall it be in Jesus' name. Now, this is because whenever God's fire falls, it brings power. In Acts chapter 1 verse 8, Acts 1 verse 8, it is written, you shall receive power when the Holy Ghost is come upon you. It is only then that you will become witnesses unto me. We've been trying to witness through our friends, our neighbors. We've been trying to win our nation to God. Many of us, unfortunately, have not achieved much. What was missing was a fire. My son, who introduced me, told you that, oh, I was uh, a professor of mathematics, etc., etc., and then I became a general overseer of a very tiny church, etc., etc. When I became general overseer, my hunger 
wants to see the church grow. And that will be the hunger of every pastor. And I did everything in the book. Record meetings. Hold crusades. Etc., etc. But the church refused to grow. So I went to God in prayer. Almighty God. I was minding my own business when you called me. I was doing very well with my mathematics before you said, come over. I wasn't a failure. Where I'm coming from. Why must I fail now after I answered your call? What else can I do? And he asked me to go back and read my Bible. And the passage he pointed to me is what I'm sharing with you now. Acts 2, verse 1 to 4. That until the fire fell on the day of Pentecost, the disciples didn't win a single soul. But when the fire fell, it brought down power. And I found that's true. It brought down power and from my scientific knowledge, power means ability to do work and to do the work successfully. And suddenly it came to me that the potential to be a great soul winner was in Peter from the day the Lord came into his boat in Luke chapter 5 from verse 1 to 11. Luke 5, 1 to 11. When, you know, he fished all night, caught nothing, and then Jesus came and asked him to throw his nets, and he did, and uh, he had that mighty catch. And Jesus said to him, from now on, you'll be catching men. But more than three years later, he hasn't caught a single man. Then, the day of Pentecost came. The fire fell, sat on top of his head. And all of a sudden, what was potential in him was activated. He preached a single sermon and he won three thousand souls. After that power came on him as a result of the fire that fell, he saw a man, a crippled, a man who was uh, born lame, touch him and the ankle bone of the man received strength. The people gathered together, he preached a second sermon, and won 5,000 souls. And then, one Sunday, a husband and wife came to church trying to deceive the Holy Spirit, and he killed them. I, I hope you heard what I said. Because when revival comes, all those who are pretenders in the church shall be uprooted. It will be interesting to come late to church one Sunday and see a husband and wife being carried out dead. And you say, what happened? And they say, the pastor killed them. That's what revival will bring. All those who are not allowing the Spirit of God to have full course will be rooted up. Because the Lord said, every plant my father did not plant shall be rooted up. The Bible says, after that happened, 
multitudes began to come to the church. I saw that what God wanted us to do, if there will be revival, is that the Holy Spirit must be given full reign and every minister of God, everyone who wants to serve the Almighty God must be baptized by fire. That's one of the reasons why the service I mentioned earlier on was called Holy Ghost Service. A service where the fire will fall. And the fire began to fall. And all of a sudden, the church began to grow. And I'm sure you didn't hear, I mean, the, 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 the media, news media, they don't publish good reports. They always publish bad things. But since the revival started in Nigeria, by the grace of God, by the time the revival began, there were 12 factories manufacturing cigarettes. As of today, I think there are only two left. And the two will soon be gone. They won't tell you that breweries in Nigeria now make their money from soft drinks. I'm looking forward to a time very soon in the United Kingdom when you'll be telling the same story because of the fire that will fall tonight. Before the reign of revival, the fire must fall. Because if you check 1 Kings chapter 18, from verse 36 to 39, 1 Kings 18, 36 to 39, on Mount Carmel, when Elijah brought all the prophets of Baal together, and said, let's find out who is the true God. He prayed, and the fire fell. It was when the fire fell that the people fell on their faces and said, Jehovah is Lord. It was after that that rain came. The revival we are waiting for is about to begin. I have shared with the leadership why I am confident that the revival is about to start. I've heard from God. I can see the signs. Our gathering together tonight is the actual turning point. And very, very soon, when you want to hold a wildfire conference, <laughs> you will not be using a tiny tent like this. God is looking for the right person to set on fire. He will not deposit his fire on any head that is not ready to receive. You, you, you know the story in 1 Samuel chapter 16 from verse 1 to 13. 1 Samuel 16, 1 to 13. God said he wanted to appoint a king. And he has found a king in the house of Jesse. And he said, his prophet, go and anoint the king. The prophet got there. Jesse brought out the big boys. The people that everybody thought would qualify to be the king. And God rejected all of them. 
Because the one is interested in <laughs> was in a little jungle. And then he says they should bring him. When they brought him, he said, ah, this head is right. That's the one you're going to set the fire on. Uh, uh, let, let me conclude because uh, I told you my sermon won't be long. How do I get the fire of God? There are two possibilities. One possibility is to get it directly from him. Like Moses. In Exodus chapter 3 that I refer to. Or like Elijah. Who said in 1 Kings chapter 17 verse 1. As the Lord God of Israel liveth before whom I stand. He, he had been in the very presence of the fire himself. So you could get it directly from God. But many a times, he gives you the fire through impartation. Uh, what do we mean by that? In Africa, if you go to farm, you go to the farm, and you forgot your box of matches at home, and you want to light a fire, what you would do would be you climb a tall tree and look around. Very soon you will see somewhere where smoke is going up. And you know where there is smoke? There must be fire. So you come down from the tree, head in that direction, and you get to the place where there is fire, and you borrow a touch of fire and bring it back to come and light your own fire. That's a good example of impartation. You want fire? You can get it directly from God, or you can go to somebody who has the fire and say, please, let me have part of your fire. And I'll tell you a story, and I'll close. True story. I've been a Christian for quite a, a while. I'd be hungry to see miracles happen. I want to see the sick healed, the captives set free, the barren become fruitful because children mean a lot to us in Nigeria, etc., etc. I've read about this, but I wasn't seeing what I expected to see. Then I heard about a man, one great man of God, now of blessed memory, his name, Kenyatege, in America. I heard that miracles were happening in his ministry. So I traveled to America to attend his conference. And I saw the lame walking. I saw the blind seeing. I saw miracles. Ah. So I made up my mind. I must see this man before I go back to Africa. And they told me, ah, no. <laughs> That's impossible. Uh, there were about 17,000 people who came from all over the world. They said, nobody's allowed to see him. I said, I will see him. Well, one way or the other, with prayer and supplication, <laughs> I got an appointment. As soon as my colleagues who came f 
from Nigeria with me heard that I've gotten an appointment, they jumped on the bandwagon. We got to his office, and he promised us 15 minutes. I said, that's enough. And then he turned to us and said, yes, what can I do for you? Before I could say anything, one of the people who went with me said, I want permission to be distributing your books in Africa uh, at a discount. He said, fine. Another one said, I want your tapes to be distributed. He said, fine. Another one said, your magazine, I know you distribute it for free, but uh, over there I will charge a little to support my ministry. He said, fine. Finally, he turned to me and said, young man, and what do you want? I said, sir, what I want is that everything that is in you, that makes you you, that's what I want. He looked at me shocked. He said, that's what you want? I said, yes, sir. He said, okay. So he called his secretary from the outer office. And said, this one wants books. Give him books. This one wants tapes. Give him tapes. This one wants magazine. Give him magazine. And he drove all of them out. He remained himself and myself. And then he said, young man, kneel down. And I went on my knees. And I saw his two hands coming towards my head. That's all I remembered. <laughs> when I woke up, I was on the floor. He was kneeling down behind, beside me with two hands on my head, praying furiously. By the time I got up, I knew I got what I wanted. Now, I borrowed the fire from him. But by the grace of God, God expanded the fire. The man passed away a couple of years ago, and at his death, they announced that those people who had graduated from his Bible college were about 4,000. In the last 10 years, the people who had graduated from our own Bible college, they are a little over 64,000. So he gave me a little bit of fire. The Almighty God enlarged it. And now the fire is about to reach you tonight. But please take note. When fire falls, fire does something very interesting. When it finds quality material, it will change it to fire. When it finds impure materials, it will change it to ashes. If your heart is not right with God and fire falls tonight, it might not be beneficial. So you have to search your heart. You have to be really, really sure that the reason you want the fire of God to come upon you is so that you can serve him. That's important. Secondly, no matter how big the fire, 
there will see be some trees that the fire will come up upon them, burn around them, and it will not affect them. Why? Because they don't really want the fire. You know the story of Gehazi. He was a servant of the, one of the greatest prophets of the Old Testament, Elisha. He saw mighty things being done by his master. But he wasn't interested. He was only interested in money. He saw Neymar healed and he wanted the wealth that Neymar had to give. So instead of getting the fire of God, he got leprosy. The fire is about to fall. We are going to call down the fire. Please be sure that you only want that fire for the service of God. And when the fire begins to fall, how effectively it will burn in your life would be determined by how much hunger you have for him. Some people want books. They got books. Some want tapes. They got tapes. I wanted fire. I got fire. What do you want tonight? How much of it do you want? How desperate are you for the fire of God? We're going to do two things now. Two or three. One, I'm going to ask you on your own to cry to God to send down fire on you. At the time we want to begin to pray that prayer, if you know that your ways are not right with God, you will please step forward for salvation so I can pray for the salvation of your soul. When it is time to pray for the fire to fall, I beg you, don't pray like ladies and gentlemen tonight. I want you to pray like warriors. I want you to forget who is on your right, who is on your left. Because the fellow on your right might not want the fire the way you want it. After tonight, you can go back to becoming ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> An opportunity like this comes only once in a lifetime. Make the most of it. After you have prayed, then I will pray for you. Because the word of God says, we are, if two of you shall agree as touching anything you ask on earth, it will be done for you by our Father in heaven. So I will pray a prayer of agreement with you that the almighty God will grant your request. And then after that, I'm going to implore your leadership. Because we've met earlier on. We've prayed by the grace of God, I've laid hands on them. I will ask that they too now will lay hands on you so that they will transfer what they have already received to you. Now, the beauty of that is this. When the Lord was going to feed the 5,000 people, he took the five loaves of bread and two fishes Thank God, broke it, gave to the leadership. By the time the leadership were handing it over to the people, the bread multiplied. So the fire that had been transferred to your leadership, by the time they are now laying their hands on you, would have become multiplied. So by the time we finish here tonight, the name of the Lord will be glorified. 
If you believe that, let me hear you shout hallelujah. Thank you very much. Shall we please stand? Shall we please stand? Before we begin to pray like warriors, if there's anyone who wants to say, Sir, I need salvation. I want you to pray that the Almighty God will save my soul. Or you are here, you were once a child of God, but you are backsliding, and you know it. And you want to come back to God before the fire will fall. I will invite you to come forward now. Let's settle your case first before we ask the fire to fall. So I will only count from one to five because you never can tell. Everybody here might be already born again, true child of God, in good standing with God, but I will count from one to five. If you want God to save your soul or you want him to restore you into fellowship with him, before I say five, come and stand before me. Let me pray for you for salvation. I'm counting now. One. Two. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Three. Hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. Oh, thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Savior. Four. Thank you, Savior. Hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. If you are coming, hurry up. Hurry up. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, Father. Amen. Now, those of you who have come, please cry to God with all your heart and just say, Lord, save my soul. Save my soul. Save my soul. Forgive my sins. Receive me into the family of God. I will serve you from now on. Let your blood wipe away my sins. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. And the rest of us, please, let's stretch our hands towards these brothers and sisters and intercede for them. That the one who saved our souls, the one who has kept us standing, will save their souls and keep them standing. Intercede for them, brethren. For just two minutes, pray for them. That every one of them who has stepped forward will become true children of the living God. That they will experience a new life in Jesus Christ. That everything will become new for them. Intercede for them for just one more minute. Pray, Father, have mercy. Save the souls of all these, your children. Please, Lord God Almighty, receive them into your family. Give them a brand new beginning, Lord. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. And so, Father, I want to thank you on behalf of these, your children, who have come forward tonight. Thank you for your word. Thank you that they have come forward to surrender their life to you. Please receive them. Save their souls. Let your blood wash away their sins. Write their names in the book of life. Please, Lord, receive them into the family of God. And from now on, any time they call on you, answer them by fire. And Lord God Almighty, let them serve you to the end. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. 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 Thank you. Thank you very much. Now, those of you, those of you who have come forward, I, I, I believe the organizers will make arrangement for counselors to counsel with you. Uh, 
But I want to make you a promise as a man of God. From now on, every day of my life, I will be praying for you. And very soon you will be receiving miracles that you have not even asked for. Then you will know there is somebody somewhere praying for you. That somebody will be me. Congratulations. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Amen. Amen. Now it is the time to pray. The time to pray like lions and lionesses. The time to pray like we do in Africa. You would lift your voice to the Almighty God loud and clear. No quiet praying. Loud and clear and say, Father, send down your fire and set me aflame. Go ahead, talk to the Almighty God. Open your mouth and cry to him. Almighty God, send down your fire and set me aflame. Set me aflame for you, Lord. Almighty God, send down your fire, Lord. And set me aflame, set me aflame for you. Set me aflame for you, Lord. Almighty God, send down your fire. Send down your fire upon me. And set me aflame for you, Lord. Set me aflame for you. Almighty God, set me aflame for you. Send down your fire, Lord. I'm ready, Lord. Send down your fire. Set me aflame for you, Lord. Almighty God, in the mighty name of Jesus, set me aflame for you. Oh, Lord God Almighty, set me aflame for you. Set me aflame for you, Lord. Set me aflame for you. Set me aflame for you. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Now, I want to pray with you. I want to join my faith with yours that God will grant your request. So lift your hands to the Almighty God. My Father, my God, I want to bless your holy name. I want to thank you because I know you always hear me. And I know you are going to hear me again today. Father, you can see all these hands lifted to you. They're hungry for you, Lord. They're asking for your fire. And you said, if two of us agree as touching anything we ask on earth, that will be done for us by our Father in heaven. I'm in agreement with all these, your children. Today, send down your fire. Let the fire come upon each and every one of us here and set us aflame for you in Jesus' name. I pray, Lord God Almighty, that from today, the hands that are lifted up to you now will become hands of fire. That when they touch the sick, the sick will be healed. That all the voices saying amen now will become voices of fire. That when they command demons, demons will depart. That when they speak to people with hardened hearts, their hearts will melt. That when they cry to you for revival, revival will come immediately. Father, I pray that from this moment onward, every bit of this, your children, will become part of the flames of fire. I pray, Lord God Almighty, that as these people will march out from here, they will go out as a mighty army of the Almighty God. 
And Lord God Almighty, very, very soon, let Britain be saved. Thank you, my Father and my God. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. Let me hear somebody shout hallelujah. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. God bless you. You can go back. You can go back to your seats. Now I will implore the leadership to please come forward and line up so that as the people will come to you one by one, you please lay hands on them. Uh, I will uh, appeal to the musicians, if they are still around, to come and be singing and worshiping God, to bring the Spirit of God down as uh, the uh, leadership begin to lay hands on the people. God bless you all.